activate the view screen and turn on your universal translators because it is time for another Galactic Netcast. Brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash galacticnetcasts. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. The time-traveling robots in space podcast starts now. It is Thursday, October 31st, 2013. Happy Halloween. Time for another Galactic Netcast. This is the time-traveling robots in space number 69. (laughs) From Waterloo, Iowa, I'm Dave Nelson. (laughs) And with me, as always, is Mr. Paul Swickard from the beautiful town of Glendale, California. And Anessa Moyens from the hot Texas, hot Denton, Texas. Is it hot right now, Anessa? <laughs> no, it's actually been pretty comfortable, like in the mid-70s and stuff. So, What's the weather like in uh, California right now, Southern California? Nice. Back to you. <laughs> that's all you're going to say. It's just nice. That's my, that's my weather report, sir. Okay. It was raining for a couple of days, but today was beautiful. Really windy, though. It's been, <laughs> it's been it nice. was rainy for a couple of days for us as well. <clears throat> it's been nice here the past couple of days, but now it's cooling off again. So I think fall is going to really kick in here any moment. We don't have seasons. So there's that. We kind of have fall. It's like this awkward limbo between fall and spring with maybe a day or two of, quote, winter. Okay. And then all summer, all the time. <laughs> I kind of like my Welcome seasons. to Texas. <laughs> Welcome to hell. All right. Uh, hey, this is the show where we discuss all things related to time travel. No, robots Dave, you space. can't derail the weather conversation. <laughs> But we're, it's like, welcome to Texas, welcome to hell. All right, by the way. But we're not a weather podcast. <laughs> if it had something Sorry. to do with time travel, robots, or space, I'd definitely be into talking about it more, but... But uh, I, I sorry, I apologize. I felt the real, I felt the strong desire to usurp you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a quite a drastic segue from... I, I didn't, like, gradually move us into it. I just said, hey, we're starting the podcast now. <laughs> Yeah, hey, this is what we're going to talk about now. Yes, you will listen to me because I have something Awkward. to say. All right, anyways, yeah, uh, weather hot, no seasons. Where I live, it gets cold as hell, gets hot as hell. So uh, you guys suck. Let's move on. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, There's man. no need for harsh words. Hey, hey, man, don't harsh my buzz. I'm not buzzed. I'm lightly toasted. Okay. All right. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know where we're going with this. What I don't know either. What the hell's happening here? I don't know, but I thought I was lightly toasted earlier, but from the sun, because I was outside for like a fair okay. chunk of the afternoon. I'm like, huh, I'm slightly pink. Okay. Got it. All right. Uh, this is, let me try this again. Uh, this is the show <laughs> where we discuss all things related to time travel, robots, and space, and science fiction, and science fact. We do it by running down a new story from each topic, discuss our related entertainment picks, and ask and answer the question of the week. Uh, For our audio subscribers, you can watch us live every Thursday. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Google+. We'll let you know when we're going live, and um, you can watch us later on at youtube.com slash galactic 
netcasts. So it's true. Using my brand new soundboard, which we will have the link to in the show notes. Let's start it with this. Sector one, time travel. Will Smith, you guys familiar with the guy? Uh, he wrote uh, that thing. He wrote. I think I might have seen what? him on that one show. Did he write? No, he wrote Ender's Game. He wrote Ender's Game. Right. He Is wrote that not it. Him? No, no. That's Orson <laughs> no. Scott Card. Oh, right. He's oh, he's that guy on Tested.com. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Is he? Yes, he is actually, but it's a different. Never, it's a oh, different Will Smith. Okay. His name is Will Smith. That's the joke. Uh, yes, I am familiar with Will Smith. This is the former rapper turned TV star turned movie star turned uh-huh. entrepreneur. Well, um, he is attached to star in the time travel thriller Selling Time for 20th Century Fox. Selling Time. Selling Time. Is yes. time something Appar- a commodity app- to be sold? Apparently, it's for sale. Sweet. Five dollars. <laughs> That's all you're going to pay, Anessa, is five dollars <laughs> for time? Seems kind of small. Measly. Well, it depends on how much time you need. That's true. You're like true. Five, five bucks for a minute? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I uh, need that extra <laughs> minute not to trip and fall on my face. Yeah. I, I could, you know, if you, could save, <laughs> if you could save yourself from embarrassment by buying enough time to travel back, and correct that mistake, I think it would be worth a lot. So. <laughs> Definitely. So uh, 20th Century Fox is the folks doing this movie, and uh, multiple individuals familiar with the projects have, t- have told The Rap. What the hell is The Rap? The Rap? The, you mean the, the website? Yeah. I've never heard of therap.com before. Yeah, I think it's... Website. <laughs> I, I, I think it's another movie news uh, website. Like it's a wrap, guys. We're oh, done. I get Let's it. Okay, I got this. it. Yeah. I thought it was no, like it's going actually for. about like you know chicken wraps. They're really good. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they do is review wraps. Yes, exactly. And movies once in a while. Yeah. Well, uh, apparently our, this movie probably has a chicken bacon ranch. Um, our jokes are wrap. really. Yeah, they're really awful. Yeah. Um, so let's continue on with the story. Maybe another joke will pop up and we can... Anyways, uh, Smith does not have an official deal in place, but he is in the process of coming aboard. Coincidentally, he was attached to star in Selling Time several years ago before scheduling conflicts got in the way. Several A-listers, filmmakers, are now circling circling the movie, really? Uh, th- though no decision has been made yet... Um, the story follows a man who's given a chance to relive the worst day of his life in exchange for seven years off his life expectancy. Wow. Oh, that's morbid. Huh. Holy crap. Interesting. Okay. So here's a question for you guys. This could have been the, uh, question of the week, but, uh, we'll ask it now. What would you consider the worst day of your life? Uh, <laughs> um, pretty heavy question, right? I know that's kind of. It is for... a really heavy question, and it would probably be one of the several medical emergencies that my dad's experienced. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's probably something similar to you, Paul. What you would consider? um kind of um 
Kind of. The probably the biggest thing is like I got in a pretty gnarly car accident when I was seventeen. Oh wow. And a lot of people got hurt. And yeah, no. Wow. No more. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> even okay, even knowing what you know now and knowing that you're gonna be fine once you live live through this day, you would still not do it to get seven years attached to your life? No. <laughs> No, because it's not just about you know it's not just about me being okay. It's about other people being okay too. But you're not changing anything. It, it already it still happened. You're just reliving it. Right, Dave. Has nothing happened in your life that you wouldn't want to relive ever? See, that's then now we're getting to the heart of this. Yeah. Dave does not understand the concept. No, no, I've had a, a lot of really bad days. I just can't think of any right now. And I guess I'd be okay knowing... And it would have to be one that you could, like, it, I don't remember, like, to relive the day, I assume that means he gets to try to correct things. So it would have to be something that would be like an accident or somebody getting killed or murdered, and so you're trying to save this person. But the worst days aren't necessarily going to be the ones where you could save somebody. So, yeah, like, if it's a pre-existing medical condition, then you can't necessarily go back to the worst day because if they have, say, a stroke or an aneurysm and just drop dead, you can't really prevent that from happening. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And so, um, and unless you go back to not the worst day and say, hey, you need to go to the doctor because something's not right up there in your noggin. <laughs> Get your head checked out. So, yeah, that's that's the thing, because whatever event happens in the worst day has to be something that can be, like, manipulated or changed mm -hmm. somehow. Yeah. Hmm. Unless you can get them to the hospital, but even then, yeah. like, who knows? Interesting. It's really difficult to say. Interesting to think about, that's for sure. So <laughs> neither of you guys would, would do this, what Will Smith would do in this movie? Would No. No. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not fully. I guess we'll see, like... You know, these abstracts that they say, they often change by the time it goes. the movie goes to production. So yeah. We'll, yeah, I would imagine that it would probably be a, a, a more, I don't know how to put it, a, a more straightforward premise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I, there's no way. Okay, all Great. right. Good to know, good to know. All right, I'm kind of curious about this movie. It sounds it's a very interesting concept and I want to see it happen. So, yay Will Smith, yay 20th Century Fox get to making that movie. <laughs> All right. So, uh we would love to get your feedback. Maybe tell us if you would relive the worst day of your life to get 7 extra years in your life. Uh let us know. Uh leave us feedback galactic net casts at gmail.com you can also call our voicemail number which is 805-328-3966 that doubles as a text number as well you can text us your message at 805-328-3966 follow us on twitter like us on facebook and circle us on google plus we're very easily reachable that's for sure we are very accessible people. That is quite true. Yes. All right. Time for this. Man, this soundboard is awesome. No more fiddling with my tablet. It's cool. 
Oh, poor tablet. Yeah. Sitting there in the corner here, here. playing all by myself. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Dave is caressing his tablet. Yeah, let me let me the video. let me uh, <laughs> describe the scene here. <laughs> As Anessa's singing that song, I'm stroking the tablet. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Rather awkward. <laughs> okay. I said caressing. He said stroking. <laughs> so, have you ever wondered? How yes. am I supposed to get the bartender's attention in this noisy, crowded bar? Yeah, I've I've discovered I've I've ran into that situation numerous times. Yes. Yeah, like me too. Like you go, you stand there, and you're like looking at the bartender, and you're like waving, and they're like, "I'm just gonna help." Like these ten other people, they got here after you. Um, it's the most awkward. It's one of the most awkward things you can live through. <laughs> it really is. But as it turns out, a multidisciplinary team of roboticists and cognitive scientists in Germany, Scotland, and Greece, um, they're actually working on that uh, particular question, and they're doing it by building a robot bartender. Cool. Yeah. The robot's name is James for Joint Action in Multimodal Embodied Systems. (laughs) Thank goodness they keep it something short like James. And he only has one arm, he has no legs, and he has a tablet screen for a face. Um, He doesn't really do much, so at at his most advanced, the robot bartender will hand you a bottle resting in front of it. So if you ask for water, it'll hand you water. And if you ask for a Coke, it'll hand you a Coke. But it will not open the Coke. (laughs) That, and it only has one arm. Um, The... Goal for James is not to actually make you a drink or pour you a double or anything like that, but it's actually more of a social goal. He is programmed to react to you in the same way a bartender would. The challenge that De Reuter, a cognitive science scientist and professor of psycholinguistics at Germany's uh, Byfield University, and his colleagues set out to solve is how to determine whether the person standing in front of the bar wants to be served or is standing there simply because there's nowhere else to stand. It's the sort of judgment that's trivially easy for a person to make, but very hard for a robot to make. So um, in order to try to figure this out, the researchers film patrons placing orders in bars and nightclubs in Germany and Scotland to see how they interact with the bartenders. And then they use that data that they collected to program James. Uh, They found that the most common and successful method for both German and Scots um, is to stand at the bar directly facing the barkeep and make eye contact. So they don't have to wave them down or make a gesture or anything like that. Um, The researchers incorporated that data into James's programming. And um, according to De Reuter, uh, James is even equipped with the, quote, small talk module that allows him to banter a bit. Yes, I was going to ask about that because that's (laughs) the biggest, one of the most important parts of being a bartender. It's to actually interact with people, like not just like, "Eh, what do you want? So um, it allows him to banter a bit. Uh, Asked how old he is, for instance. James coyly replies that he doesn't like to talk about his age. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, James, Um, you card. (laughs) uh, Still, though, the challenge for James is to differentiate banter from an order. 
So again, like you, you can tell that we're just, you know, it's just banter. And I would like a double rum and coke is an order. <laughs> but poor James apparently has issues with stuff like that. Yeah, he's so, <laughs> um, <laughs> excuse me. So yeah, um, and James across they describe James as far as like his interaction and stuff like that with with people. Um, he comes across as competent while serving up bottles of water with a flourish. He's friendly and occasionally befuddled. Um, and then they make reference to Cheers with Coach, um, who's a bit dim-witted, and so James is kind of like that if you ever watched Cheers back in the day. Um, and they want to expand James's project into other occupations like receptionists and shopkeepers to see if robots can begin to mimic the social dynamics in those settings. Um, they say, does that mean that people in those lines of work, along with bartenders and warehouse workers, travel agents, blah, 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 should fear their jobs? Again, DeRoyder chuckles. He says, for me, this has always been a big shock, how little people, and by that I mean journalists, know about how hard robotics is. A five-year-old is Star Trek compared to our best robot in terms of object manipulation, verbal communication, nonverbal communication, and social interaction. So in our lifetimes, no matter how young you are, you will not see a robot bartender being an employment threat for human bartenders. Maybe as a novelty item, but as a commercial item, no, it's out of the question. So maybe so. we should stop worrying about the uh, <laughs> the singularity. So I, I know we're thinking I like worried about Skynet. Totally. And this particular professor <sighs> is like, no, that's not going to happen. Not in our lifetime. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. So I just thought that was a really interesting article, and I've actually been wanting to use that for quite a while. Um, oh, really? You had this kind of yeah, locked away? I, I had this, um, I think the last time I prepped, you suggested a robot story. And so I just kind of like set this one off to the side. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I will use this someday. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> use this story. It's and, not a bad and then, thing. No, it's, it's not. And... It actually works out really well with the story that Paul has. <gasps> I'm excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. They are connected in some way, aren't they? Kind of. Yeah. And that makes me excited. Like, I tried to find a time travel robot that would fit in with bartending or something somehow. But unless Will Smith's character is a bartender that had a bad day, then it's probably not going to be connected okay. in any way. <laughs> this so. is, this, I want to talk about this story before we move on, though, a little bit. Because... When you think about it, a bar uh, is a perfect place to uh, for robots to learn social behavior, right? Because it's it's the epitome. It is. It's the epitome of social behavior. Yes, it's bars are a wonderful place to people watch. Um, it's, it's true. it is, and it's very entertaining to watch drunk people. <laughs> yeah, also. <laughs> and true. so I'm I'm sure that. They'll also incorporate that to where the robot can say, you've had enough, and actually know that they've had enough without having to do like a breathalyzer or any sort of analysis, just by like their body language and verbal <laughs> abilities. So, That'd be kind of weird. Yeah, it would be. But I would, I'd try to fool it. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> More beer. <laughs> like another beer, please. Combine combine our story from last week about the armed robots. Uh-huh. Now, 
have this robot have a shotgun under the bar. Like, oh my god. <laughs> that would I'm sorry, be sorry, sir, you're too drunk. What? <laughs> you were not compliant. I'm not too drunk. What? End of life detected. <laughs> Boom. End of life detected. You're right. You're not too drunk anymore. So, wow. <laughs> not anything. That's awesome. Considerable blood loss. <laughs> what? <laughs> Interesting oh, story. Evident. This is great. I like this a lot. Yeah, and I like that the. Um, Professors just kind of like, yeah, you guys are overreacting with yeah. the whole I wonder, robots taking over robopocalypse I, thing. I wonder if um, he, if every every other scientist agrees with him. Like, I wonder if or if no, scientists love proving each other wrong. Yeah, they it's love it. true. And I mean, you'll have like five different scientists writing about a particular topic and you're going to get five different outcomes. Hmm. Like there might be some overlap, but just depending on their particular perspective and how they use the data, like you can probably end up with a different outcome. Now it's once you actually like, okay, this person's work, I want to try to disprove it or prove it and so then they do more research and say, yeah, it seems legit. So yeah, it just scientists... depends on their perspectives and how they want to use their data and how much of it that they want to use. So, yeah, and yeah. what they want to actually show. So, I mean, if you're focusing on just one thing out of this mountain of data and then someone else is like, I want to focus on this bit out of this mountain of data, then you're going to end up with different conclusions because they're all looking at the same thing but not really okay and it's not like they're trying to manipulate it they're just focusing like on one perspective but that's so. what makes science so great is because <laughs> there are so many checks and balances and there's you know people trying to one person's trying to, to prove this uh is the right. best way to go about it and, and meanwhile somebody else is trying to, to do this other way of doing it i don't know and and it's the other thing too is like process. You're like, I want to do this. I want to see if this is plausible. And then you start doing this. And then all of a sudden you discover something completely different. And you just completely veer off course. And you're like, I made this awesome discovery. Or this horrifying discovery. Yeah. So. <laughs> like like sentience in robots. Yeah. So yeah, you never know. But no, I really dig the story. So and really he will never make a and he will never make a bad drink, too. You know, mix if mixed drinks, he will not screw that up. He doesn't do mixed drinks. <laughs> oh, he doesn't. Okay, all right. No, um, he'll hand you water. He'll hand you coke or whatever happens to be sitting in front of him. But he's just got the one arm. Oh, so <laughs> it's okay. yeah. Well, like they said, <laughs> it's more of a social experiment than it is like actually having a robot bartender mix yeah. you up a drink. If so. they really wanted to, if they wanted to make this a bartender, a robot bartender, though, they could figure out a way of mixing the drinks inside him and then they come out like a little door you know oh, then you might as well just have like one of those crazy vending machines at like Fuddruckers where you just go and touch the screen so you're like I want a Coke Zero I want like all five of these different flavors or whatever <laughs> so you have like all sorts of weird flavor combinations like I'm going to add raspberry and orange into so my Coke Zero and, you, you and totally it's going to be really it. gross you could totally do it Yeah, and you just do that with mixed drinks so it's yeah. like alright I want a Colorado Bulldog. Go. There you go. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Uh, that is it for robots. Before we move on to space, let's thank our sponsor, which is audible.com. Audiobooks, people. Audiobooks. You don't have to use Audiobooks? your eyes anymore. No, Paul. Paul, you don't have to use your eyes. You use your ears to take in the story. That's that how, sounds like magic, Dave. It is sort of like magic. but it's, I don't believe in it's magic, Dave. awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> Oh, little you of little faith, ye ye of little faith, uh, this is awesome. Uh, what we want you to do is go to audibletrial.com/galacticnetcasts and get your free 30-day trial and your free download of one book, absolutely free. And to go along with the theme of this podcast, may we suggest "The Naked Sun" by Isaac Asimov, one of the greats uh, in science fiction writing. So here is a brief, very, very brief synopsis of the story. On the beautiful outer world planet of Solaria, a handful of human colonists lead a hermit-like existence. Their every need attended by their faithful robot servants. To this strange and provocative planet comes Detective Elijah Bailey, sent from the streets of New York with his positronic partner, the robot R. R. Dan Daniely something. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, to I don't know either, Dave. Yeah, to solve an incredible <laughs> murder that has rocked Solaria to its foundations. So we're talking space. We're talking other planets. We're talking uh, robotics in the story. The Naked Sun by as Isaac Asimov. And again, to download this or another book of your choice for free, Go to audibletrial.com slash galacticnetcasts. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash galacticnetcasts. And we thank Audible for their support of the time traveling robots in space. space. All right. I believe Paul is up on this one. I am indeed. Dave, Anessa, we've always missed one thing and one thing only in space. Uh, What's that thing? Can, can you guess what that is? A good way to have sex while in space? <laughs> two things. There are two <laughs> things that we've been missing in space. One of those things is sex. The other thing is what, Dave? What leads to sex? No. What <laughs> some might say. Oh yeah, yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um alcohol. That's true. So uh <laughs> and I love this. Um a sixth grader from Colorado has figured out how to do just that. Holy cow. Not even legal to drink in <laughs> his not own even concoction. Legal to drink. Nope. Nope. So, um, and get this the International Space Station is going to help out this young lad. So, 11 year old Michael Bodowinski, I think, had a microbrewery experiment designed to test the effects of making beer in space. He won a trip to the space station thanks to the National Center for Earth and Space Science Education's Student Spaceflight Experiment Program. Holy crap, that is a lot of letters. Yep. Botowinski's experiment, which he developed at STEM school in the Academy in Highland Ranch, Colorado, is stated to is slated to fly to the space to fly to space aboard the orbital orbital science robotic what is that cygnus 
Cygnus spacecraft expected to launch in December. So this is going right up. Yep. So he, basically he created a miniature brewery. It's about uh, six inches long. and, and <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the tiny brewery is set up inside a, sp- a six-inch long tube filled with uh, separate hops, water, yeast, and malted barley, all key to ingredients in use to making beer, as we all know, I think. And we will be, and it will be delivered to the space station. And I'm sure the astronauts are thanking him already. Well, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. Six-inch long, fifteen-centimeter tube. That's not going to make uh-huh. much beer, really. No, I don't think so. I think it's just a proof of concept. Yeah. But, but that's awesome. But the next time, if this succeeds, they could actually make it bigger and uh, actually. Oh sure, why not? Brewing beer in space. Come on. <laughs> All right. Oh, I can see the I can see the Enterprise now. This is beer. Think about this: it's brewed in space and brought back down to Earth, and then we call it space brew. Yes, you know, <laughs> a company could totally make money doing this. Yeah, you know I what? hope this so. This is actually the, the question I came up with was something similar. Ooh, it's all tied together. I know. I had the idea finally for a question, like halfway through the robot story. I'm like, <laughs> type, 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 type. And brilliant. So. <laughs> brilliant. Now, I wonder. Uh, I wonder so, if- yeah, that's, that's, that's the story. Wow, that's a cool story. Colorado strikes again in terms of <laughs> like personal impairment of faculties. They just know how to have fun, man. You know, Coloradans. So. Coloradans? Coloradans. Coloradoans? Coloradoans. Is that how you say it? Coloradans? Coloradonians? Coloradonians. <laughs> just seems excessively long. <coughs> yeah, I really don't know. Is it Californians? Yes. And it's, te- yes. it's Texan. California. Texan. Texan. But then you have like Michigan where it's Michiganders. Yeah. So. I think in Iowa it's Iowans. I think. I think so. Yeah. I should know I live here. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been there now? Over, a little bit over a year. Yeah. You'd think you'd picked up on that. Yeah. You'd think a lot of, you'd think a lot of things with me, but I, I, I buck the, I, 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 uh, I go against common common sense sometimes huh eh, we all do i think on occasion <laughs> so it's okay uh, i can't wait to find i can't wait to see the results of this experiment this is gonna that's be- pretty cool that he came up with this i mean he's i gotta think his dad or something like owns a microbrew or something or maybe his dad brews beer at home and the kid's right. like i'm gonna hey do what, what if we does. brewed it in space someday they who knows? Or he just uh, is really smart and he figured it out for himself. Sure. I just Maybe. I would wonder what would motivate a small child to do that. I'm just that's really all I'm asking. I'm sure he's smart Maybe. regardless. Maybe he and his friends were just sitting around one day, you know. Like we need beer. <laughs> they adults do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is a way to get beer. You can learn how to brew beer and then make this cool experiment. Uh, to brew beer in space. He just made it okay for... Think about this. He just made it okay for an 11-year-old to brew beer. Yeah. <laughs> but it's in space, outside of their jurisdiction. Yeah, and, and, he's, and he's not doing it. It's the astronauts so, that are yeah. doing it. All right. Good stuff. All, all the stories were awesome. So uh, thank you, Anessa, for uh, digging up some great stuff there. 
Okay, let's move on uh, to our picks. Before we do that, though, let's uh, talk about Stitcher Smart Radio, people. It's an app. You know, it's an application. You you install. You you download to your your device. You have a smartphone, right? You got a tablet, right? You can put this this app on those devices and uh, listen to shows like ours, other podcasts, other news sources and stories, and it's pretty convenient. And it's pretty fun. Uh, go to stitcher.com slash galactic netcasts and enter the promo code galactic netcasts. Very easy, right? Stitcher.com slash galactic netcasts. Enter the promo code galactic netcasts. And um, that will tell Stitcher that we are sending people their way. And cool feature on Stitcher is the smart radio um, feature. It kind of figures out what you what you like to listen to, and it it makes suggestions to you. So it's a it's a discovery service. It's a listenable service. It's it's a great service. Stitcher.com, and we thank them for their support of the Time Traveling Robots in Space podcast. Thank you. Yay! Okay, time for picks. And mine is Battlestar Galactica. Are you guys Frack. Fan- <laughs> You guys fans Frack. of the show? I do enjoy the show. Okay. I I am fan of the show, and I have Katie Sackhoff's autograph now. You know what? I didn't know this until this morning. I didn't know that Katie Sackhoff had cancer. Yeah, it was oh, really? like throat cancer or something. I forget what it was. It's the, but yeah, it's or the, thyroid or gland or it's something. It's the non-something lymphoma, the non-Hodgkin's yeah, lymphoma. Yeah, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah. I forget what it was. But yeah, she had cancer. She posts about it, like, well, she's posted about it on Twitter before. And like when she goes in for her doctor's checks up, she's like, it's all clear. So she's still good. It has it, not come back. Is that why she That's was good. killed off? in that uh, the last season and then came back is that was she going through treatment at the time um <laughs> maybe I honestly don't I, remember because not... I remember like Hilo one of the characters had gotten into a car accident and I don't think it was Katie oh. and so there was yeah. no it wasn't Hilo it was um the guy who played Katie, Katie Sackhoff's boyfriend for it, I think. Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah, I think he got into a car accident for a little while, and but her that might have been around the time that she had cancer, where she kind of disappeared for a bit. Yeah. So that might have been it, but I honestly don't remember. Paul, so. you were you want to say something? I was just going to comment that at least in terms of the Battlestar Galactica fiction, having characters die and then come back is not uncommon. Right. You know, Although in I know some form. For like the X Files, when uh Jillian Anderson was pregnant, that's when they had her like lying there in a coma as a result of an alien abduction for a while. Mm. Hmm. So sometimes they try to work that into the storyline and for that for the X Files it worked in their favor. So it might have been when she had cancer. Yeah, you really couldn't have done the whole cancer story again because the president already had cancer. So you couldn't say, oh, she's got cancer. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, okay. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that specifically. <laughs> okay. Back. Um, uh, you, well, she was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. I'm trying to find out when. Okay. Well, you do the research. I'm going to talk about this episode. It's uh, Flight of the Phoenix. 
Um, and this is a brief kind of synopsis of, of the story. Uh, the crew is getting agitated and demoralized. Chief Tyrell, is that how you pronounce it? Tyrell. 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 Um, yet again has to scrape uh, to scrap a viper. Um, Gata yells at Ty when he orders him to go through the computer program line by line to get rid of the Cylon virus still causing malfunctions. Meanwhile, Hilo is uh, having trouble integrating in the crew because he had just gotten back from, from Caprica. This is the episode right after Starbuck had uh, rescued him and the second boomer off of the planet. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Because I was trying to place this episode, and I'm like, I just don't remember. Yeah, this is yeah. this is first season, I believe. No, second mm-hmm. season. I forget. No, first season, yeah, because... He, I thought it was first. Yeah, they had just gotten back from, from uh, Caprica. So, yeah. So the, the crew's all, like, demoralized. They're stressed out. They're tired. Things are breaking. And they discover this Cylon virus. So they have to kind of... Um, it elicit, elicit. Uh, they have to ask uh, Boomer's help uh, getting rid of the getting rid of this virus because what this virus is doing on the ship's computer system is it's like trying a way trying to find its way in to take over all the control of the ship. And what it's going to do is by the time there's a fleet of Cylon Raiders on their way, and by the time it gets there, the ship will be completely defenseless. And um, they'll be at the mercy of the Cylons. So that's story number one. Story number two is uh, the chief is pissed off because all of his vipers are just getting trashed. And he's out of, he's running out of ships. So he decides to make his own viper. And that's the Phoenix. So that's where the name Flight at the Phoenix comes in. And it's, nobody believes him that he can do it. Nobody wants to help him. But they all kind of rally around the chief as he makes this this viper, and um, that kind of brings the team together. And um, they defeat the Cylons at the end. They they test out no, no. They have the battle with the Cylons that never really happens because they defeat or they they figure out a way of stopping the virus. And Boomer kind of sends the signal back to the fleet of Cylon raiders. And kind of basically kills all of them. So the, there's vipers out in space, and they just go on this like just uh, destroying thing. They just open up their guns and just start <laughs> destroying these uh, Cylon raiders. So that's that's kind of a cool angle to the story. And then at the very end, they test the Phoenix, and it's really lightweight and kind of built for more like speed than it is for uh, maneuverability so starbuck has a hard time figuring out how to how to how to fly at it first but then she eventually figures it out and um she goes to light speed and um apollo's out there kind of helping her out and she he starts freaking out because she's gone and then she turns her lights on her helmet and she's right sitting right in front of him in space so uh, I like that episode a lot. I remember that. Cool. Yeah. Um, she was diagnosed after the show, but apparently was feeling weak towards the end of filming. Oh, wow. Okay. So that had nothing to do with her having cancer. That um... Nope. Okay. Apparently not. Okay. You know what? I, I, I now remember what the deal was. She left 
to um, film that show that was she was in. Um, Bionic? Yeah, the Bionic Whatever. Woman. Yeah, the Bionic Woman. That's what she, she left the show to film that. And they were still in production. Battlestar Galactica was still in production. Ah. And she left to do that, but she would she was gonna eventually come back anyways, so all right. Thanks for the update. All right, then. Mm-hmm. Good to know. So that's my pick. Uh Battlestar Galactica Flight of the Phoenix season one. I would uh check it out if I if I were you. And we'll have the, the link in the uh show notes to get the episode through Amazon. All right, Paul. Awesome. You've got a very interesting pick this week. You think? Yeah. All right. Um, I didn't know this. I didn't realize how how deep the integration was here. Uh, but this week, a new trailer for the new X-Men movie has appeared. The X-Men Days of Future Past, Mr. Dave. Yeah, I so, watched it last uh, night. Let me ask you guys. Um, how many of the X-Men movies have you seen? Because that's going to come become relevant pretty quickly. I've seen them all. You have? I have not seen them all. Okay. So uh, which ones have you seen, Anessa? Do you remember? Actually, I haven't seen any of them. Oh, all right. Okay. Then I'm talking to Dave. Dave. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I haven't seen them yet. I plan on so, it. I just never got around to it. Dave, did you watch? I think this is where they were going with this. Did you ever watch um, the the new Wolverine movie? No, I never got around to the to seeing that. Okay, one. the end of that movie kind of leads kind of nicely into this one. Um, basically, from the have you seen the trailer? Yeah, I just watched it last night. Yeah. Okay, so it looks to me like like. Um, Mr. Professor Charles Xavier and Magneto are recruiting Logan to go back in time to convince young Xavier to do something different with yeah. whatever it is he's doing. Yeah. So, and it's interesting. Like, I mean, the X-Men, I'm not a super comic dude, but I know the X-Men franchise is big on alternate universes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is going to, it's interesting because this is going to loop in all of the previous normal X-Men movies and the one that was released with uh, for, with the younger versions of these people, like for X-Men First Class. Yeah. Yep. So you're going to have the young actors. You're going to have uh, the, their names escape me. <laughs> but you're going to have old Logan and try to do whatever it is he needs to do with the younger versions of Xavier and Magneto. Is it possible that it's not um, it's not Logan that's going back in time, but it's it's um, Professor Xavier and Magneto who are the ones that went back in time to talk to him? I think my my impression from the trailer was they send they're sending Logan back but they're kind of using him as a vessel so that they can communicate with their younger selves. Oh, okay. Got it. I think, I think that that I kind of, I'm not entirely sure, but I mean, that's kind of Logan's crutch, not crutch, but it's kind of his curse Mm -hmm. is that he gets exposed (laughs) to a lot of things that a lot of other X-Men would never be exposed to just by virtue of the fact that he can heal himself. Yeah. So my guess is is that time travel is going to involve something crazy that really only Logan can survive. <laughs> that's my guess because it's not, and that's not the first time either. Like he, that's happened before. Like he, like they intentionally infected him 
with a crazy dangerous virus to mutants so that he could develop antibodies so the rest of the mutant race could survive. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, at least that's my impression of the trailer. But I see, I had no idea. I thought it was just another X-Men spiel deal. I didn't. I had no idea that they're integrating all of the 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 whole uh, the whole pantheon, really, of the movies. I didn't know they were integrating their the previous actors and so on and so forth. Yeah, I think I knew that. Um, I knew that there was time travel involved. I mean, regardless, I'm I after that trailer, I'm super excited. Brian Singer is directing it, mm-hmm. and he directed the first two X Men movies, which most would argue are the better ones, especially compared to the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm super excited to see what happens. It's a very powerful trailer. Like Patrick mm-hmm. Stewart just gives you goosebumps. I know, and I mean, you gotta like, you know, I mean, uh, Patrick Stewart was a big deal before. So, you know, everybody gets a little, gets nerd happy around that guy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, um, <clears throat> Ian McKellen, this, he did, he did X-Men before he did uh, Lord of the Rings. He's a much bigger deal now. And watching Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen on, in those, in that movie, in that trailer is just so cool. So cool. Have you seen the the pictures that are floating around the internet of those two just being silly? They're yeah. Like, Apparently, they're actually like friends in real life. Yeah. And yeah. they're real goofy. <laughs> like they're goofy people. Like I don't know if you saw today, but Patrick Stewart he dressed he dressed up as a big ass lobster and yeah. just like took a picture of himself inside a tub. Yep. Like. <laughs> well, I think it's. Right? I think his wife is really kind of making him that not making him that way but he i think his wife is a really good influence on him like making him probably kind of well he if have you ever heard him speak about his past yeah there's that uh that video that was going around how he was like abused or whatever yeah like i had no idea but he is super uh what's i don't know what the word active in the community and trying to basically end domestic violence because mm-hmm. he was in a very abusive home yeah. when he was growing up. Yep. And he just, and I mean, I'd never seen a reaction like that from like, that was a very, you could tell that it was coming from a real place, him wanting to make these situations better. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Cool. Yeah, um, man. Yeah. If you haven't seen that trailer yet, go, Go watch it. It's pretty cool. It's very awesome. I know. I realize we can't, you know, monetize that, but hey, I'm sure it will when we act when it actually gets to theaters next year, we'll do a better job. <laughs> what's what's the lineup for movies next year? Is it as big as it was this year? Or what what's coming no, out? I think. <laughs> excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, everybody is kind of building to 2015. Yeah, that's the big like, year. So I think I you know I think there'll be a fair number of good movies. Um, I don't think it's going to compare to 2015. I really don't. No, no. But no. what can I mean really? Yeah, Star Wars Episode Seven supposedly. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we'll see. There, some people. I saw the rumors. Yeah, yeah they were like, push eh, back. I don't know if we can do this. Yeah. All right. So that is it. Uh, thank you, Paul. Anessa, what do you got for your pick? I have episode four of Welcome to Night Vale called PTA Meeting. Um, for people that have not really heard of Night Vale or Welcome to Night Vale, it, it's a podcast that's released twice a month, 
and it's uh, produced by Commonplace Books, and it's written by Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner, and is narrated by Cecil Baldwin. And it's done where it's like a public radio show is basically how it's formatted. And it's a small community um, radio show. It's the um, Night Vale Community Radio. And Cecil, of course, is the um, narrator. And he's on the air, and he's basically talking about news that's going on around town, um, the weather, traffic, things that you would normally hear on the radio during like the news hour and but Night Vale is a town where really bizarre things happen and nobody really seems to notice things like there's a dog park that they cannot acknowledge that's there there's certain rules like you can't look at the dog park you can't look at the people like there's dark figures that hang out at the dog park <laughs> and you can't acknowledge you can't talk about it and whatnot and so it's it's a really interesting podcast um and episode four is the like i said it's called the pta meeting and um i love the intros because they have like a random little quote before welcome to night vale and for this one it was the sun has grown so very very old how long cold fading death how long welcome to night vale and their top story um, basically talks about, or I'll just read actually a bit from the transcript. It says, our top story, last night's Night Vale PTA meeting ended in bloodshed as a rift in space-time split open in the Main Street Recreation Center Auditorium, <laughs> setting loose several confused and physically aggressive pteranodons. The glowing portal remained open and shrieked incessantly, an unholy sound that witnesses say resembled noisy urchin children caught in a combine harvester and then slowed down and amped up through some kind of open source, easy to use audio editing software. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just love that the, the, the humor that they incorporate into each episode. Um, yeah, they, they talk about this rift and they kind of play it down like, oh, there wasn't really that, like not a whole lot went on, it was fine. Um, and then later they talk about a couple of, I think, the basketball players that were happened to have a practice there at that time um, decided to stick their head through this random <clears throat> uh, rift in space and time. And when they pulled their, their head back, what seemed like maybe like a second or two, because they're just peeping through to see what's going on, when they pulled their head back, they had aged thousands of years which was really bizarre. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the episode, <clears throat> I recommend, like, you can probably pick up and just go wherever, but they do make references to past episodes, so it's best to start from the beginning. And the episodes are maybe 20 minutes long, give or take a few minutes. Um, and usually, I think, the, the give or take a few minutes deals with the weather, which is usually a song that they play. Um, and people can actually submit, if they're like a music artist, they can submit their song to possibly be played on their show. And they just play the one song, and that's the weather. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, other things they have. Um, there are apparently changes afoot at the Night Vale Daily Journal, <laughs> controversy at Radon Canyon, and their annual high school football preview. <laughs> And so, you know, these seem like eh, normal news stories for the 
most part. But <laughs> once you actually listen to it, they're really weird. Like the Night Vale Daily Journal at one point decides that they're no longer going to publish a paper and they're just like, oh, we're just going to send out papers and people can just pretend that we wrote something on them and they can make up their own news, essentially. So I got to yeah, start it's... listening to this. It sounds just fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it's I really enjoy it. Um, so yeah, they started in, I think, maybe late spring 2012. So, and like I said, it gets released a couple times a month. And so they've done some live performances where you can actually buy tickets and go and listen to them or listen to Cecil uh, do his narration of the show and whatnot. And I think they have musical acts and stuff there too and have the creators talk and do whatnot. So it, yeah, it's really entertaining. Um, and I listen to it on Stitcher. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can listen to it like on iTunes or I think on their actual website, which would be uh, commonplacebooks.com. So this reminds me of what I used to do when I was a kid before I got into radio. I used to, <laughs> I used to make up like the news and I used to make up, you know, my own radio stations. Right. So yeah, it's, it's really an entertaining show. I highly recommend it. Um, I know Brad initially, like I asked him, I'm like, Hey, have you ever listened to welcome to night Vale?" Cause I had just listened to like the first episode, I think. And, maybe first couple of episodes and I'm like, huh, this is interesting. Like, I don't know. It's not bad, but I'm just going to keep listening. And I listened to, like I asked Brad and he was like, yes. And I hate it. Like I can't stand that show, but he was trying to listen to it while he was doing other things. And apparently it just seemed longer than <laughs> longer than it should have been. But I'm like, it's only 20 minutes. So, um, the other thing too is like Cecil is very mostly monotone in his voice. So I can see how maybe someone thinks he just drones on and on and on, but there is some inflection and it's, yeah, it is, works. Is it, it works really well. Is it just this show. one guy that writes it or does he have a team of writers? Um, there's two people that write the show, um, Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner, and then they have an actor, uh, narrate the show. Okay. So Cecil Baldwin is the guy that, well, he plays Cecil. <laughs> So, yeah, he just sits there. And occasionally they'll have other voice, um, other people on there, like the occasional voice. Like there's, in later episodes, um, there's a faceless old woman that lives in your house. And they somehow get a hold of the audio that she randomly leaves. And he's like, I don't even know how we got this audio or how she even left it because she doesn't have a mouth. She doesn't have a face. <laughs> but she's basically talking about like yeah I live in your house and like you really need to clean like you're not filthy it's just messy you really need to pick up and then she talks about like random stains in your refrigerator and she really likes the yellow <laughs> one the best and <laughs> interesting interesting so, yeah um, and there's just other weird phenomena it's not necessarily like time travel or anything but like random subway will appear out of nowhere and people mm. are like, okay, let's take the subway that appears out of nowhere. What a what an interesting creative show, you know? It really is. It, <coughs> yeah, it, it really is interesting and kind of refreshing, too, from just the usual stuff, I guess, that you would normally listen sure. to. It kind of makes you so. inspired to do something different, you know? like Right. 
<laughs> maybe not something exactly the same, but, you know, try to be different, you know, more than just what we're doing now, you know, kind of. Right. Sure. So, yeah, and I can see a lot of people getting inspired by it. Um, I've noticed that some people have tried to cosplay, and I actually... Um, I was going to come up with the costume um, for Halloween, well, for a friend's party on this past Saturday, but then I ended up having a wedding to go to, so I didn't get to. But what I wanted to do was try to figure out how to create, like, a mask without any facial features to be the faceless old woman and just get, like, a gray wig or something. <laughs> but I'm like, that'd be really cool. Maybe I'll try that next year. That would be hard, <laughs> yeah. Make it hard to drink your beer there, Anessa. Yeah, there's that, but I'll get a straw. <laughs> but you don't have a mouth. You can't drink. I know. I stick it underneath the mask. That's really <laughs> depressing, though. I'm like, oh, I can't have beer. Yeah. But I can somehow make audio recordings. Yeah. Magic. I know. So, yeah. Maybe it's thought, <laughs> maybe it's thought waves. Maybe. Yeah. So right. she's able to transmit her thought waves onto... Yeah. A digital platform yeah, or exactly. cassette tape or whatever they get there at the station in Night Vale. <laughs> so, and there's um, an episode also that has kind of an alternate reality sort of thing going on. So, it's a really neat show. Cool. Just random bizarre things. All right. So, in review, our picks tonight were Welcome to Night Vale, Episode 4, The PTA Meeting. X-Men Days of Future Past trailer and Battlestar Galactica, the episode Flight of the Phoenix. So, uh, Frack, yeah. <laughs> we will put these, uh, the links to these in the show notes of the podcast. All right, one final piece of business. That is the question of the week. And uh, Anessa, you prep the show and you ask the question. All right. If you owned a brewery in space, what would be the name of your brew or your brewery? Wow. Huh. <laughs> this is a tough one. It is. Earthen Ale would be my signature brew. You know, you have your Romulan I Ale, like you that. have your you have your Vulcan Ale, whatever, blah 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 blah. I, I feel like Earthen Earth needs like a category. For space beer. I can see that. For space beer, yeah. I'm going to call mine um, Stardust. That's bad. Oh. That's bad. Ziggy <laughs> hey. Stardust Ale. Hang on. I'm, I'm thinking. I don't do well thinking sometimes. Um, oh, oh, oh. Uh, something involving the moon. Uh, moon. Moon Glow. Moon Glow. Moon Glow. Moon Glow Pale Ale. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's the name so, of mine. It's got to be Indian. Sweet. And it's Indian Pale Ale. Sorry. IPA. That's the only way. <laughs> only beer that I will drink. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, I figured if you're in space, then maybe Astronauts Ale. <laughs> maybe have it be like a, a brown ale with yeah. pecans. Yeah, exactly. So, astronaut's ale. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. 
All right. There you go. That's our question of the week. If you'd like to chime in, um, leave us some feedback by calling our voicemail number, 805-328-3966. What would you call your space beer, your beer brewed in space? Uh, You can uh, send it to us via email as well, galacticnetcast.com, or just uh, leave us general feedback on anything that we've talked about today. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Stitcher, or other podcasting platforms. And don't forget to uh, give us a nice review and five stars on iTunes if that's the way you go about it. And that is it. That is it, guys. Great show. Good job, Dave. No, good job, Paul. Good, good job, Anessa. <laughs> you guys rocked it. Good job, it. everyone. All right, we survived Halloween. Uh, next week... Anessa will not be here. Um, hopefully, we'll be getting work. a little Matt. Uh, Matt will be filling in, hopefully. Got to ask him here soon. And if that's the case, we'll be talking about beer again. <laughs> Definitely. Beer! All right. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the Time Traveling Robots in Space, number 69. Until next time, final thoughts. Anessa, what do you got? Um... I'm going to go with the proverb that went at the end of the PTA meeting episode. What has four legs in the morning, two legs at noon, and three legs in the evening? I don't know, but I trapped it in my bedroom. Send help. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, like I just happened to have the Wikipedia page up, so I'm like, I'm going to read that. That seems like That's a pretty good good. final thought. I like that. That is a great <laughs> final thought. You know, you know that you've set the bar higher now, right? So you have to come up with these. You gotta, we're going to expect these from now on. <laughs> these little gems. No, that's... I'm still in it from Welcome to Night Vale, and that's that's the one that I'm going to use for tonight. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm going to lower the bar back down. All right. Be like, my foot edges. That's Way my to manage expectations. Thought. Now, if you, if you do it twice, <laughs> if you do something similar again, then the bar can't go down again. It's got to stay up. Well, that's only once, so next like time it's going to itch. Yeah. <laughs> Pandora only comes... <laughs> Pandora does not go back in the box. It only comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, it was a vase. Huh. It was a mistranslation. Hmm. I did not know that. So I've heard. <laughs> what's in the box? Okay. Paul, what's your final thought? Be excellent to each other. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. All right. Good night. Bye. Leave your hailing frequencies open and scanners on full because another Galactic Netcast will be approaching your coordinates soon. For more information, go to galacticnetcasts.com.